Today's episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. Go to go to slash athlete for $10 off your first purchase of $50 or more and free shipping for orders over $75. And you get free samples with every order. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is also brought to you by Bioptimizers and their new Magnesium Breakthrough. Learn more at magbreakthrough.com slash no meat that's m-a-g breakthrough.com slash no meat and get an additional 10 percent off your normal package with code no meat hi this is hope this is kareem hi this is katie from washington dc and you're listening to no meat athlete radio okay ready okay okay Hi, Doug. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is a treat. I know. How fun. Yeah. So uh, this is Doug, of course, and I am joined by my wife, Katie. Hi. Hi, Katie. Hey, yoga therapist, RYT500 yoga therapy, therapeutics certified. <laughs> <laughs> what are your titles? Good thing you're not in this world, this <laughs> profession. Yoga therapist, IAYT. So there's International Yoga International yeah. Association of Yoga Therapists, and I'm also Yoga Alliance certified. So awesome, all the things. Well, I don't know yeah. if you know this, but your episode, the one we did on, I believe, it was injury prevention for runners, or, mm. uh, or you know how to use yoga for injury prevention, was uh, like probably our maybe seventh most popular episode ever out of 325 episodes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll have to go back and listen to it, see what I said. I know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. Yeah, but so that one was so that one was really popular, and as we were thinking through uh, new guests for the next few months, I was like, Kay, should come back on. People loved her, so welcome back. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, life is a little different than it was last time you were on. Yes. Of course. Um, for one, you're pregnant. Yeah. Hey. We congrats. are. <laughs> We're pregnant. Yep. <laughs> but of course, COVID and everything else going on um, has kind of shifted everyone's everyone's life over the last several months. And so today, instead of injury prevention or yoga for runners, we wanted to talk about yoga for stress release or stress management um, and how you can use different yogic philosophies, whether they're uh, asana, so like the physical practice or mindfulness and breath work and all that stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. We've got all the things that will help, definitely. If I screw up any of the... Um... That's good. No, you're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I screw anything up, don't, yeah, or... don't, for, don't forget to, uh, or don't, don't hesitate to correct me. Oh, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but before we get into all that... Um, How's it going? I mean, here in North Carolina, yoga studios are still closed by law. Um, So your studio has closed. What have you been up to? Yeah, the studio has been closed in the physical sense um, for almost four months now. And which is a big change. Yoga is very powerful if taught and practiced together in person. Um, but we have gone online to like, a, like most studios have to offer live stream and on demand classes. We've done a few outdoor classes. Um, so it's been a big change. I think that's the big undercurrent right now for everyone is 
big changes going on in our lives on many levels and a lot of uncertainty and not knowing what tomorrow or later today will bring. Sure. Yeah. So I think I talked, uh, Matt Frazier and I talked, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago about how um, it was an episode on how people are pivoting and changing and um, and how we hope that some of those things stick, you know, once everything opens back up to normal. And, and I was kind of bragging on uh, how you guys got the on-demand like, you know, recorded videos where you have a login and you go on and you can look at the library of different classes and, um, you know, and take any sort of yoga practice you want uh, through your, your studio. I was bragging on how you guys did that so quickly. Um, so congratulations on that Thank for you. sure. And uh, and if someone is interested in doing that, where would they where would they learn more about that? Yes, they can go to blackmountainyoga.com and we have a whole section there that describes our online yoga offerings. We have over 50 practices online right now, and we are a therapeutic studio. So a lot of our practices, most of our teachings are therapeutic yoga, which go beyond just physical postures into healing the body, mind, heart, soul. Yeah, which is kind of what we're talking about today. Yeah, it sure is. You bet. And uh, I'd be remiss not to leave out um, that you've offered a 10% off discount Yes. Uh, yeah, with yeah. coupon code, what, NMA10? Is that what it was? Yep, you got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Awesome. All right. So so let's talk about yoga for, for stress management. So, you know, I think a lot when a lot of people think of yoga, they think of the physical practice, think of down dog and, um, you know, warrior one and, and tree pose and all those like poses that everybody knows. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure that people do associate that with stress relief or at least, um, you know, Zen, right. Cause yoga Zen is kind of big correlation. Um, but how does that actually impact your, how does the physical practice actually impact, uh, stress management? That's a great question. So we have for many decades when studying stress have turned toward the mind which is very important, but a lot of um, the tools that have been offered have been around the mind. And what is being discovered now as it's being studied more is that one of the best ways to release stress in the whole system, the mind, the nervous system, and the body, is through physical movement. Um, and that can take many forms. Some of y'all as runners know you go for a run and you just feel reset. The stress reduces in your body and your mind and whatever perspective you had before changes. And yoga postures are similar and they're specifically designed to do that because you're in a posture, you're holding it. Sometimes it can create a stress response where you're feeling intense feelings, things are hard, your mind is saying, let's get out of this, and you stick with it, you drop into your breath, and you learn how to be in relationship to that stress in a new way where you notice it, you observe it, and you stay with it until it it releases. So you are learning not to be taken over by the stress response, but instead how to notice when it's happening in your body and then respond to it in a really mindful way. 
I love that. Yeah, I think that that, um, you know, certainly with running for me and, you know, other physical activities, going for rides, stuff like that, I always feel better when I come back is like, I, it's just such a release for me to go out and kind of exert some energy and also kind of a reset. And um, if, if, you know, if I can hang on to that and like do some sort of short physical activity, if I'm feeling fired up for some reason, then it can almost always act as a, as a reset. Absolutely. And the practices that we do in yoga with the postures can be applied in other physical activity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've recently been doing a lot of work uh, on the nervous system and um, or research and, you know, studying all of the nervous system and how different practices can, you know, can help with the stress management. Why don't you talk a little bit about kind of where where that work has taken you and what you've kind of learned through this process. Yeah. So I came to yoga originally because of anxiety issues and, um, found that the yoga worked for me really well to reduce anxiety and stress and to fine tune my nervous system. And so I began with practicing it. And then I started learning how to teach how to practice it. Like, what are these practices and how do they work? Mm. And now I'm more, now that I know all of that or enough about all of that, I'm really been interested in the brain science and the nervous system science behind it so that I understand what's happening in the body to get us there. Um, And I think that helps a lot of people too, to understand that, people who want that background. So yeah. The two main branches that I've been studying are the polyvagal theory, which is um, interested in the vagus nerve, um, and then positive psychology. So polyvagal theory, interested in the vagus nerve, is studying this nerve that runs from the throat um, all the way down into the belly. It's the longest cranial nerve. And it governs our a lot of the systems in our body, digestive system, but also our nervous system. And something that yoga and practices around yoga do really well is to tone the vagus nerve. So if you have pot, if you have good vagal tone, then you respond and bounce back from stress more easily, um, or you're not stuck in the fight or flight or freeze mode, which is the sympathetic part of the nervous system as much. Um, On the flip side, if you have good vagal tone, then you are able to drop into that rest, digest, relax, kind of steady, clear-minded state more easily, even when stress comes into your world. And that's not to say that we don't all have moments where we get stressed out and overwhelmed, but, um, you're just more easily, you're more resilient to stress. Your window of resiliency is bigger. So you don't get bounced out of it as easily if you have good vagal tone. What, what is, what does it mean to tone a nerve? I know. What is that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, we tone muscles. Sure. Right. right? Yeah. Pumping some iron, running, Hit workouts, whatever floats your boat. Pumping that iron. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't go to the gym. I don't know. These, this is a mo- not my lingo. <laughs> um, but the vagus nerve can be toned through physical activity, through physical exercise is a great way to do it, like running or um, biking, walking. 
Um, it's also toned with techniques um, of breathing is one of the best and easiest ways to access toning that nerve. Um, so in a little later, I'll lead you through one of those practices. Yeah, um, I meant to mention that at the top, but uh, we're going to do something totally different that we've never done before, which is to have a, a, a short, you know, five-minute kind of mindfulness and breathing practice at the end of this episode. Yes. Right? So that people can actually, like, go through it and we can put it into action directly yes. on the episode. Absolutely. And these are practices that you might do it once and feel like, oh, that felt kind of good or, oh, that was really hard. Um, but they're cumulative practices that over time can literally change your brain, which is so cool. That is cool. Right. This whole neuroplasticity theory that your brain can change over time with these practices. So they're things to dedicate yourself to and do over time. But I promise that they will benefit you. Okay, um, so that's one way to tune. Yeah. So then the other layer um, that I've been studying is positive psychology. And bef- in the old school, we studied brain dysfunction, like w- what isn't working in the brain and what are ways to address that. Positive psychology looks at how do we promote brain positive brain function contentment, happiness, um, satisfaction with our lives. And that's not to say that we're trying to look at the world with rose-colored glasses. It just helps us stay within that window of tolerance of stress more easily and to be in a place of contentment more often than otherwise. Um, Something that I think is really interesting about that they've uncovered by studying this is that 50% of what determines happiness is your genetics. So wow. I know when we're born, 50% of how happy we might be in life is predetermined. Um, and then about 10%. It's kind of depressing, right? Well, wait, there's more. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. What's the, all right. Tell me more. What's 10% the uh-huh. is governed by life circumstances. Only 10%. Only 10%. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. And then 40% is governed by intentional activity. Okay. Meaning, how do you spend your days? What kind of thought patterns do you have? How do you relate to other humans? How do you relate to yourself? What do you do with your, your being in your life? So that's, 40% that's is, is, that's optimistic, I think. Yeah, sure. That's a lot of power to change things. I mean, I guess people aren't going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay. So it helps to. <laughs> gosh, I, I just I don't know. Took the wind my, out of your I'm trying sails. to wrap, wrap my head around <laughs> what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what it means is that we can we can we can move the needle right through intentional activity. Okay. Okay. So talk to me about those so let's intentional. Ju- let's focus on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that sounds good. <laughs> okay. Now, now, talk me through what, what those un- intentional activities so, can look like. So, I'm going to give you an example of our daughter, who's three and a half. Yeah. Because she's just raw. Like, she, her brain is is at a very, you know, basic level of development right now, um, <clears throat> where she's just starting to learn mindfulness. And mindfulness is having this... Um, being in the seat of the awareness of 
your experience. So you can take a step back like you're sitting next to yourself and watch what you're thinking. Watch how you're responding to things. There's separation there. Three-year-olds are not doing that. They are in it all the time. But (laughs) we something that I do with her is when I see her spinning out emotionally is to take a pause and to create that space with her to say like, wow, I see that you are having a hard time right now. What can, what are you feeling? What are you noticing? What does your body feel like? And this is something that works for adults too. (laughs) Not just kids. Uh Yep. Um, In fact, treating ourselves as in that childlike way of that tenderness of like non-judgmental tenderness and just saying like, what, what, gosh, you are having a big response right now. What is going on? How are you feeling? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Can Mm -hmm. help us to just become more aware of, of our reactions to things. And then with her, I move into breathing, deep breathing. Like let's take a deep breath and take a pause, create a little space and then say, okay, now what do we want to do? Now, how are we going to solve this problem or move forward in our day? And then you sing the Daniel Tiger song. And then I sing. <laughs> or I do. I don't know if you do that. What song is that, Doug? Would you like to sing it if for you us? feel like you want to roar, take a deep breath, <sighs> and, and count, count to four. four. <laughs> yep. Daniel Tiger. He knows. I know. He knows This is up. the new cartoon spinoff from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah. A lot of good wisdom there. <laughs> anyway, this is not a podcast for parents, right, right, necessarily. Right. No, but but so I think uh, all right. So that practice, though, whether you're a kid or an adult or or whoever, um, of kind of acknowledging that that you're fired up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pausing for a minute and taking a deep breath. Yeah. Or taking a deep breath and then pausing for a minute to kind of like ease in, or like what what are you doing in that pause? In that pause, you're noticing. Noticing. Okay. Yeah. And you're bringing yourself into the present moment. And it's, an, it's a non-judgmental practice. So there's no self-judgment involved. Right? So let me give you an example. Yes, please do. Because this is a lot of blah, blah. It could, it could sound like a lot of blah, blah. Okay. I'm going to give you a really relevant example for everyone right now. I open up the New York Times and I see an article how COVID cases has, have risen in my state. Okay. And then my mind is like, oh, man, gosh, that means that we probably can't send our daughter back to school this fall. And gosh, we've got a baby on the way, and that's really stressful. How are we going to manage that? And it, it can snowball. You go down this whole path of thought. And yeah, then I'm going down it right now. Are you go? Are you stressed? Can you out. feel yeah. your heart rate going yeah, totally, up? Totally, yeah. Right, your heart rate rises. Your muscles become a little more tense. And then if like somebody walks in the door and tries to talk to you, you're like, I don't want to. You know, it's like a stress response. You're in this heightened mode. Um, so in the mindfulness state of being, you would read this article like, oh, the cases have risen. Oh, I take a deep breath. Oh, that's tough. Gosh, that's hard news to hear. Okay. And then you just leave it. You let it go. You move on. Right? You don't let yourself snowball into this whole 
thought process. And then you don't, you also don't continue to consume more tough information. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, all right. So what, like, that sounds great, right? But, you know, like what happens if you've started the snowball? Yeah. The snowball is rolling. It's getting bigger. Soon you have a snowman and you're in the sympathetic state, right? You're either in a heightened fight state like, and then you start maybe doing, taking action and be like, okay, well, I'm going to do this or I'm going to complain or I'm whatever it is. Um, but then we come back to present because then we notice where am I right now? And am I safe right now? Yes. The answer is yes. I'm safe right now. And my daughter is safe right now. We are not infected and we are okay. Um, and what, and another nice practice is orientation. Like, where am I? Let me look at the space I'm in. Oh, there's a nice plant there. I'm going to look at that. And, oh, I hear birds chirping outside and isn't that pleasant. So you reorient yourself to the present moment rather than spiraling off into the future or re-navigating the past, right? So a lot of our suffering comes from projections of the future or rumination of what's happened in the past and so instead if we can continue to practice this this nowness <laughs> being in the now um it, it really helps to reduce our overall levels of stress and anxiety in life yeah i dig it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay so so that is mostly about kind of addressing like a potential snowball, addressing some sort of news or something you've read or whatever that is uh, kind of, you know, making your heart race and you know, revving up your, your nervous system. Mm -hmm. What about, um, you know, what, what can you do throughout the day when you're not in a state like that? You know, like mm -hmm. how can you just be more mindful or, or do more positive thinking in order to yeah. uh, kind of prevent yourself from getting into those types of places. Definitely. Cause I think the preventative work is the most beneficial because it's practicing, practicing, practicing. And then once you're in those states, it's easier to tap into those things. So I would recommend a, a daily breathing practice for people. And I don't necessarily, I mean, right now I'm running a business. I have a three-year-old, I'm pregnant, there's a lot happening in, in life. And so I don't always sit down and have a dedicated breathing practice time, but it's more throughout my day that I'm weaving it in. And I'll bring you through a practice in a little bit. But for example, I was just driving from the studio to record here. And while I was driving, I was doing my breathing practice as a way to to ground. So in those pockets of transition or pockets of time where you're doing something that's mindful, mindless enough that you can do this deep breathing practice um, is is really beneficial. And then another thing is um, is being in completely present with whatever you're doing. So if you're washing the dishes, Yes, it's tempting to put on a podcast, and that can be great too and good stimulation of the brain if that's what you're needing. But sometimes what we need really is just to be with each dish at one at a time or walking down the hall and feeling each step one at a time. And that's what a lot of the physical yoga practice is about is feeling all of the details and being in the body, in the breath, in the mind at one time together. 
and bringing all of that into unification. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of dishes I can be one with. (laughs) (laughs) Our dishes pile up so quickly. (laughs) They sure do. No, no, I think that that, so, I mean, you know, when leaning that back to say training or nutrition, uh, you know, but we'll we'll start with running. Like you don't want to always be, uh, you know, reactively training where you're, um, you know, you're, you're, you're racing without the training, right? It's the, it's the preventative stuff. It's the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis that, uh, are strengthening and toning your muscles, um, that allow you to then push harder on a race day and do it safely. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to that 40% intentional activity that we have control over our levels yeah. of happiness, mm-hmm. the way you approach everything is that 40%, including your running and training. Yeah. 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 So what about, um, actually, you know what? I have a couple more questions and then we're going to do the practice. But first, let's take a second to thank this week's sponsor, one of which is is one of your favorites. Today's episode is brought to you by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based results-driven skincare line. Osea puts the health and the healthy of of the planet first with potent skin and body care solutions that are pure, safe, and effective. Osea stands for the elements of wellness, ocean, sun, earth, and atmosphere, and their entire line is built on these four pillars and pulls from botanical sources around the world to create products that are truly effective. And Katie, I came home the other day from having a socially distant happy hour with some friends, and you had done a whole like Osea spa night. (laughs) I did. It's true. I had them all laid out. I had cleansed my face, and then I put on their serums and their under eye cream and it felt wonderful it was nice pampering and i felt especially good knowing it's non-toxic and vegan and cruelty free so not only good for me but for animals and the world and our environment man you just like plowed through part of the copy that was great <laughs> it's all true go to oseamalibu.com slash no meat athlete that's o-s-e-a malibu or M-A-L-I-B-U dot com slash athlete for $10 off your first purchase of $50 or more and free shipping on U.S. orders over $75 and free samples with every order. And this episode of Nomi Athlete Radio is also brought to you by Bioptimizers. And today we're going to talk about magnesium. Magnesium is the body's master mineral powering over 300 critical reactions, including detoxification, fat metabolism, energy, and even digestion is influenced by the presence of magnesium. But there are two big problems. Magnesium has been largely missing from U.S. soil since the 1950s, which explains why it's estimated that about 80% of the population may be deficient. And most supplements contain only one or two forms of magnesium, when in reality, there are at least seven your body needs to benefit from. The good news is that when you do get all seven, pretty much every function of your body gets upgraded. That's why I am so excited that our friends over at Bioptimizers, makers of industry-leading digestive supplements, have just created a solution Their research team recently formulated a magnesium supplement with all seven forms of the mineral and even include a trace amount of something called monoatomic magnesium, which helps make all the other forms more bioavailable. Bioptimizers calls this product Magnesium Breakthrough and is running a special for the No Meat Athlete audience. Go to magbreakthrough.com slash no meat. That's M-A-G breakthrough.com slash no meat. And you can get 10% off the normal package with code no meat. Okay, so 
that is a lot of the kind of breath and mental work that, that people can be doing. Um, but let's go back a little bit to the physical practice, the asana of yoga. Is breathwork considered asana or is that? No. no. Breathwork is pranayama, which is separate. Okay. Um, Right, sure, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, are there specific poses that people can kind of drop into that are good for for stress relief or, um, you know, or anything that they can do physically that, uh, you know, if you're feeling heightened and the breath work isn't working or if you're just, um, you just need to move your body for a minute and hopefully that'll kind of release some of this stress that you're feeling, is there anything that people should... Yes, absolutely. And I just want to preface this by saying that stress um, and dealing with stress through physical movement is a whole different area than um, if you have extreme anxiety or trauma that you're dealing with. So I'm not addressing those today. I just want to name that because we have to approach those things in a may have to approach those in a different way that's more sensitive to those states of of being so with stress um what is important to notice in deciding what kind of physical movement to do is how you have responded to the stress so we can go into fight mode which is kind of this heightened like brain is going a mile a minute, we can't stop moving, that if I were to ask you to lay flat on your back and breathe deeply, it would agitate you more probably, right? Or the stress where you've kind of frozen, it's depleted you, you're feeling tired and lethargic and drained from it, and all you want to do is lay down and collapse and do a heap or on the couch or whatever. So what I invite people to do is to meet themselves where they are And then try to move themselves towards a balanced state. So if they're feeling like there's no way I could stop moving right now, my body is just too electric, then moving at like, for example, some cat and cow movements where you're on your hands and your knees and you're coming into back bend and rounding your back, kind of flowing the spine forward and back or taking hip circles, kind of fluid movement that helps to meet that anxious energy where it is. And then moving into something like legs up the wall where you've dissipated some of that electricity and now you can lay on your back. You can put your legs up on a couch or up on the wall and do some breathing work and relaxation work there. If you're starting in a really heavy place where the anxiety and the stress has put you into this kind of freeze mode where you don't want to do a whole lot, then I would begin in a very um, relaxed, quiet place, maybe laying flat on your back with your legs up like I described before um, or in what's called child's pose where you're on your hands and knees, your knees come out wide apart, you let your hips come back towards your heels and lower to the ground. Um, So starting in a more relaxation, quiet posture to meet that heavy energy and then maybe start to get up and flow a little bit and move so that we're always trying to bring ourselves back into balance where we're in this really steady state. We're not hyperactive and we're not lethargic. Great. So if you were, you know, if if like if you had like two minutes and you just needed to like mm-hmm. move, what would be that like one thing you would do? 
Yeah, I would I would decide if you need to start with movement or stillness. Okay. And then either find a relaxed position, maybe on your back, legs up, mm-hmm. is great for the nervous system, regardless of what state you're in. And then coming to hands and knees and doing some cat and cow movements. Okay. So legs up the wall and cat cow are two great ones. And you can start with either one, whichever one feels better for you. Awesome. Yeah. And those are easy ones if you Google them to see the pictures since this is, it's hard to describe them without seeing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We may, um, I don't think we have those on, uh, on your practices that are included mm-hmm. on Nomad Athlete. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I love that. I love all of this. Um, it is stuff that you have taught me over the last several years that uh, I have implemented myself um, into kind of a daily practice, you know, not, not a daily yoga practice, but as you know, I'm going throughout the day and dealing with something. Um, and, uh, and I see you doing it with Eliza too, with her daughter, uh, which is super cool because I think that if she can grow up with this kind of mindfulness attitude, then, um, you know, then I hope that that, that will kind of carry through for as long as she lives and, Shape that 40%. Shape that 40%. Yeah. Are there any, you talked a little bit about breath work with, um, with her. Are there any other tips for things you can do with kids? Um, I think the, the breathing work and then helping them to name their emotions, which is a really basic mindfulness practice that adults can do too. But when she is feeling revved up and just in a reactive state, um, I ask her to pause and just say, oh, what are you feeling? What are those emotions going through your body? Or what does your body feel like right now? Like, oh, I feel like frustrated or I feel angry or excited or whatever the, fe- the feeling is, um, is, is a good method for kids and adults. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think a, a lot of times adults have no idea why they're, you know, that they're feeling angry. They just kind of get into that state and don't really understand yeah. why. More emotional intelligence yeah. all the way. Um, yeah, and then today we did, which is a practice I'm going to do with y'all in a minute. Um, a we'd, I tr- We try to do grateful gratitude practices with her almost every day or have her l- – tell us the best part of her day at dinner so that she's remembering what was positive and what she enjoyed about her day. Um, And this morning we had a big picture of a flower on each petal. I had her just tell me something that she's, that makes her happy, that makes her grateful Um, so that she's continuing to train her brain to, to appreciate and soak in those things in her life. And those are, that's something that adults can benefit from as well. Awesome. Um, well, why don't we transition into that? Why don't we do that practice? So, you know, I know a lot of people listen to this in the car or while they're running or walking or whatever. Uh, you might not be able to do that now or you can do it. Yeah. Anywhere, anytime. All, both of these things. Anywhere, anytime. All right. So yeah. hopefully, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether it's the dishes or climbing a mountain, uh, you can be thinking this through and do it with us here. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to mute myself so you can't hear me breathing, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, let's do it together. Great. So this is what I would call a um, a yoga snack, right? So we can go in and do like a whole hour practice or 30-minute practice. But often these little snacks throughout the day are um, what help 
move the needle towards a more balanced state of being. So um, wherever you are, just take a moment to notice how your physical body, excuse me, how your physical body is feeling right now. And again, this is a non-judgmental practice. So not judging anything or trying to tell stories about why you might be feeling what you're feeling, but just notice maybe sensations in the body or the feeling of the air on your skin, the temperature of the air on your skin. You might notice any sounds that are around you right now. noticing those sounds and we're going to start with a practice called three good things and so in your mind or if you're somewhere that you can write this down that's great too you can come up in your mind with one good thing in your life, maybe something that you're grateful for or something that's positive or something just positive about life that you appreciate right now, some of, bringing in some of the wonder about life perhaps. And it's important to also describe the why or go into a little more detail about it about that thing, why you appreciate it, why it's a good thing. And then coming to your second good thing, naming that in your mind, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Just coming, bringing that into your mind. And then again, describing it in more detail for yourself. Why is it a good thing in your life or in life in general? And a third and final good thing. Bring that into your mind. And why is that a good thing? Or describe it in a little more detail. Let it soak in. Good. And now start to notice your breath. Just observe the quality of your breathing right now. Whatever you're doing. If you're doing a high respiratory activity, it might be more challenging to do this. If you're running or biking. And we're going to begin by emptying the breath out completely. So exhale all of the air out of your body. And you can find that final bit of breath by gently drawing the navel in and up towards your spine a little bit. So just drawing the belly in a little bit toward the spine and really expelling all of the air. If it helps, you can place your hands on your belly and inhaling through your nose if it's possible. Fill your belly 
and then your ribs and then your chest and hold your breath in for a count of five, four, three, two, one. And then exhale all of the air out, lowering your chest, feeling your ribs pulling in and down, feeling the navel pulling in. And hold your breath out if you're able for a count of seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And then again, inhale, fill your belly, your ribs up to your chest, holding it in for a count of five, four, three, two, one. And exhale it all the way out, chest, ribs belly keep emptying until there's nothing left and then hold it out for seven six five four three two one last one big inhale fill your belly fill your ribs up to your chest shoulders are relaxed though hold it in for five four three two one and exhale it all the way out keep breathing out till there's nothing left in the body and then hold it out for seven six five four three two one and then find a natural breath from here maybe this pattern has taken hold and your breathing is a little bit slower and deeper just naturally in the body take a moment to give yourself some appreciation for taking this time and just noticing maybe any shifts if there are any So it's that simple, and that's something you can do in a short drive or waiting for someone to join you for a meal or any of those pauses throughout the day that you have. And I'll just add that these practices are cumulative, so the more repetition that you have with them, the, the more positive effect they'll have and the intensity in which you are able to do them. So really focusing on them, being in them. When you do the three good things, really diving deep into the descriptions um, so that it has a bigger imprint on your brain and your nervous system to improve that vagal tone. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, let's see, if they want to know more about your on-demand classes, which are physical classes, but you also have some breath work stuff in there as well. There's breath and meditation work. Yep, that's at blackmountainyoga.com. And then I also recommend UC Berkeley has a free positive psychology course that you can take that I'm working my way through now, and it's um, called The Science of Happiness. So you could check that out as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on and uh, helping us out. You bet. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a great day. You too.